Listen, I want to say special thanks to all the ladies that were involved in the, the mother-daughter banquet. Thank you so much, ladies, for attending a great night. But I also want to say thanks to all you guys who helped serve. You made my life a lot easier. And so thank you again. It was a very successful night. But thanks again to everybody who, who helped with that. All right, go with me way back in the, the back of the Bible to 1 John 2. 1 John chapter 2. Now, we've been talking about the School of Freedom for a couple weeks. This will be our last Sunday on it, most likely. And so this is a good one, but uh, this may date me a little bit. Years ago, a man named Bill Withers sang a song called Lean On Me. And in that song, he said, sometimes in our life, we all have pain. We all have sorrows. And that is true. And what happens with the, the emotional and even mental wounds, they become scars of our souls if we're not dealt with. And when we have these scars on our souls, guys, time doesn't heal them just like the physical body will heal with time. And so we've got to understand that. And, and denial is never a form of healing, but the hurt's not going to go away without God's help. That's what we must understand. God wants to help us, and the truth will not set you free unless you receive it. And so I've got to get a hold of this now. Today we're going to talk about another area called unforgiveness, and I believe that's one of the reasons that people walk with hurt in their life. And unforgiveness always, it, it fuels or energizes resentment, bitterness, and even anger. Also, unforgiveness will be tied to an inner vow that says, I'll never forgive them. Now, probably every one of us in this room at one time or another, we've said that about a person. I'll never forgive them. And so in John 13, verse 35, Jesus himself said, You're my disciples, and they'll know that by your love, by the way that we love. And so listen, love and unforgiveness, they cannot coexist together. They will not show up together. So that's what we're going to talk about today. This will help each one of us get past some things. 1 John 2 Begin with me in verse number 9. And it says, He who says he is in the light and hates his brother is in darkness until now. Now, I notice something right there. He who says, many times, guys, we know the right thing to say. We can talk the talk, but he says, not only he who says here, but what did he go on to say next? He said, and hates his brother. So not only I got to talk the talk, I got to walk the walk. Because most translations will talk about hatred and it's always a form of unforgiveness. And no matter who you are, now look what it says. You can say you love your brother, but if you hate them, you're going to live in darkness. And darkness means there's a cloud that follows us all around all the time. And so when I look at that, some of the symptoms of darkness is your spiritual life may become stale. What do I mean? Well, the Word of God's not alive. You read it, but there's nothing to it. Maybe your prayer time, it seems like every time you pray, it just hits the ceiling. Your prayers are going unanswered. Maybe you feel like God is distant from you, that you have those dry bones. Well, sometimes this can be, or can be because of unforgiveness in our hearts. And so there's some great warnings right here. Verse 10, 
He who loves his brother abides, lives, or remains in the light. How do you remain in the light? Be a person of love. Period. He's telling us right here. The end of verse 10. And there is no cause for stumbling in him. Now when I look at that, he's telling me how I can go through life and be stumble proof. You know how that is? Become a person of love because evidently if I get over an unforgiveness or hatred, it's going to cause me to stumble. And so there is a cause. There's always a cause. And he's telling us information right here. And so when you look at this, one of the characteristics of light is love. One of the characteristics of darkness is always hate or unforgiveness. So right here, there is a choice. Verse 11, but he who hates his brother is in darkness. I want you to notice the connection right there. They go hand in hand, hatred and unforgiveness, you're going to live in darkness. None of us are exempt from this. He goes on to say, and he walks in darkness and does not know where he is going Because the darkness has blinded his eyes. Now he's talking about spiritually, guys. This is some of the symptoms of unforgiveness. And if I walk in darkness or my eyes are blinded, you know what that's going to mean in life? You're going to fall. Each one of us. This is not what God wants, but I believe he's trying to show us here the severity of unforgiveness. Now you want to know what the key is to walking in light? Love And forgive. That's why you've heard me say this many times in my own life. I speak over myself that I forgive quickly and I'm not easily offended. How many of you know going through this thing called life, probably every day you're going to have an opportunity to forgive. Every day you're going to have a great opportunity to be offended. Every one of us in this room, it's what I do with it. Now go back with me to the book of Matthew. Chapter uh, 18. And as, as you're turning there, remember, when you walk in unforgiveness, you ultimately become a prisoner of war. Actually, you become a prisoner of unforgiveness. And the person that you will not forgive, you become linked or tied to them forever. And not only does it keep you in jail, but the very person you harbor unforgiveness against They become the jailer. Now listen to this little passage here. I want to read you in this book. And this will help each one of us maybe locate some things in our life. Now remember, this is the truth. This is freedom. This is what's going to help us today. It says here, a woman named Jane was sexually abused by her grandfather when she was three. And for a number of years thereafter... As the family compared notes over the years, it appeared that Jane's grandfather abused every female in the family over three generations. Her grandfather died several years ago. She refused to attend his funeral. Had she attended, she would have spit on his grave. Her grandfather received Jesus into his heart shortly before he died. Instead of rejoicing that her grandfather was in heaven, she was resentful. She much preferred that he burn in hell. Hell was what he deserved, considering the damage he had caused over three generations. Jane was consumed with unforgiveness. It wasn't fair that he could spend his life destroying so many people, 
and then receive Jesus and not have to pay for it. Jane is in a prison of pain, and her jailer, though deceased, is her grandfather. He might be physically dead, but he is alive in Jane's heart. She resurrects her grandfather each time she thinks of the abuse. Until Jane chooses to forgive, she will stay in her prison of pain, linked forever with the person she despises the most. And so I look at that and I think, you know, each one of us have had stuff happen in our life. But he says a phrase there that that really hooks to my heart. Until we choose to forgive. So forgiveness is a choice, guys. Forgiveness is not a feeling. There's not going to come this great feeling on you and you're going to think, whoo, there it is. No, it's not going to happen that way. Now, in this passage here in Matthew 18, it's called the, the, the parable of the unforgiving servant. And Jesus here wasn't talking to sinners. He was talking to us as believers. And this is where Peter begins to think he's really going to impress people, uh, Jesus. And he said, do I have to forgive seven times? And Jesus responds, not seven times, seven times 70. Now, you know what that tells me Jesus is telling us? You've got to make unforgiveness a lifestyle. It can't be, just make it a lifestyle. That's why it's important that you say, man, I forgive quickly and I'm not easily offended. So, I'm going to speak just a little bit and paraphrase this. In this passage, there was a man who had all kinds of sin, which was known in the Bible as debt. His master came to him, and this man who had all the sin, he said, would you please forgive me of all that? His master said, okay, I'm going to forgive you of all that. It's talking about how Father God does toward us. That each one of us in here have, have accumulated masses of sin, but when we go to Father God, He forgives us. So in this parable, this man who's forgiven of all this sin, he has a guy who's indebted to him. And this guy asked him to forgive him, but he wouldn't forgive him. Now, that would be like me standing here before Father God and saying, God, forgive me of all my sin, everything I've done wrong. And God forgives me. And then Gary here, he's done some bad things toward me. And Gary comes to me and asks me to forgive him. And you know what I say? I forgiven you nothing, buddy. You're going to earn it. Now, see, this is exactly what we've done to other human beings. But I want you to pick up Matthew 18, verse 32. And I want you to see Jesus' heart right here. He said in Matthew 18, 32, Then his master, after he had called him, he said to him, You wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you begged me. Should you not also have compassion on your fellow servant, just as I had pity on you? Now, to really understand this a little more, I'm going to jump backwards in this. Look at verse 27. Look at verse 27, and this will bring to light some of this. Then the master of that servant was moved with compassion... He released him and forgave him the debt. Now the message says, he let him off and he forgave him or he canceled all the debt. If you'll notice in there, Jesus says that he had compassion, he released him, and he forgave him. Now this guy has the same opportunity to do that, but he chose not to. Now back to where we were in verse 34. 
And his master was angry. And he delivered him to the torturers until he should pay all that was due him. Now what I want you to understand this, beyond the pain of when someone hurts you, Jesus right here is promising us further pain. You know what he said right there? If you'll note there, he said, if you don't forgive them, I'm going to turn you over to the torturers. One translation says the tormentors. That is not human beings, guys. That is demonic influence. That is demonic activity. Now, this is a promise from Jesus, and he's showing us the severity of unforgiveness. That if I don't release him, this is what's going to happen. Now, you know what some of the manifestations of the tormentors would be? Depression. Anger. When there's a lot of confusion. Actually, when people become suicide sometimes, this is because of the tortures that we've been turned over to. Read on with me, verse 35. So my heavenly Father also will do to each of you from his heart does not forgive his brother his trespasses. So not only does unforgiveness open the doors to this demonic activity, he gives us some insight here, guys. Every one of us in this room know what the Bible says as far as forgiveness, that we should forgive. But if I do it from my head, it's not going to work. It's got to start coming from my heart. i got to release them from my heart. Now, the only way this has happened is when I begin to ask the Lord, Lord, you've got to help me. Now, I'm not saying the things that happened in your life weren't hurtful. Jesus did not say nothing. He just said, you've got to release them. You've got to let them go. Now, go with me back to Mark chapter 11, just over a couple pages. Mark chapter number 11. You know, as you're turning there, as a man in our first service, Andy Norris, and Andy had been in prison, and upon being released from prison almost 25 years to the day, right here. He got around a man of God, and the man of God began to prophesy some things to Andy. Now, you've got to understand about prophecy, guys. Prophecy is conditional. Just because somebody prophesies something of you doesn't mean it's going to automatically happen. I'm going to tell you what I mean by that. If you're walking in unforgiveness and there's some great prophecy spoken of, I'm going to tell you, that unforgiveness is going to stop God from moving in your life. I don't care who you are. So Andy's had these great prophecies spoken over him. And then this man speaks to him and says, you're going to have to release the fixations in your mind of the things that hurt you. And in this prophecy, it specifically mentions his mother. And it says, you're going to have to release her from what you did. Now, what does that mean, release there? Well, in Luke 23, when Jesus was dying on the cross, he said something interesting. He said, Father, forgive them. These were the men that were crucifying, but Jesus didn't just say, Father, I forgive them. Jesus has already forgave them, so he takes it a step farther. You know what he says? Father, you forgive them. I want you to release them of everything I've done. And so in this situation, Andy goes to his mother. And he repents to her for anything he's done. And he releases her from the unforgiveness. 
He said that he looked at his mother's hands and on both of her hands were these red bumps, just masses of them all over her. He said he looked at his mother as he forgave her and he started loving on his mom. And he said, Mom, can I pray for you? And so he, he said, I didn't have anything to anoint my mom with oil. That's James chapter 5. So he got out a can of Crisco oil. And he anointed his mom with Crisco oil. And he started praying in the name of Jesus' blessings. And he said, Pastor, within minutes... I saw those bumps leave her arm. And as he said that, you know what I realized? That came from all that unforgiveness in her. God wanted to heal her the whole time. But yet, because of the unforgiveness, it blocked what God wanted to do. Now, if you'll note here, we're going to Mount Mark 11. Verse 22, 23, 24 talks about how the kingdom of God works. But look at verse 25. The, the connection between prayer and forgiveness. And whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him that your Father in heaven may forgive you your trespasses. Verse 26. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father in heaven forgive your trespasses. So you know what he's telling us? You don't give forgiveness, you don't give forgiveness. If you don't, he won't. Now, as believers, we've got to understand this, guys. When Jesus talks about this, he means what he says. He's not just kidding. And so this is big that we understand that right here, biblically, it shows us that unforgiveness, no matter who you are, it's going to block your prayers. That's why we're going to talk about this. Now, I've got one more passage I really want you to go to. Go to the book of Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12. And I want to just show you a little bit of the, the progression that we begin to see in what happens through the Scriptures. Now, listen. You can be a great prayer warrior. You can be a person that you've got mountain-moving faith, guys. But I'm going to tell you right now. If you've got unforgiveness... It's going to stop it just like that. Just like that. I've had that happen in my life, guys. Where it felt like every time I prayed, my prayers would hit the wall and it'd come back to me. And the Lord would begin to deal with me. So, man, you've got to release that unforgiveness. Don't hold on to that. Hebrews 12, verse number 14. Pursue peace. Pursue peace. You know what that word pursue there means? Strive. Or to make every effort. So to pursue peace, you know what? I'm going to have to do it intentionally. It's going to be something I've got to get my heart and so I'm going to go after it. Now look what he says. Pursue peace with who? All people. In my Bible, I underline the word all. It's easy for me to pursue peace with Pastor Daniel. You know what? Because I like him and he likes me. It's easy to pursue peace with my wife because she really likes me. But it says pursue peace with all people. So you know what that means? I'm still to pursue, pursue peace with those people that hate your guts. I know that's not a great thought. But right here he's telling me, I've got a purpose in my heart. I'm going to pursue peace with all people. Why? We'll keep reading. And holiness or consecration without which no one will see the Lord. 
looking carefully or watchfully, lest anyone fall short of the grace of God. Now, you know what he's telling me right there? If I don't choose to pursue peace with people, I'm going to fall short of the grace of the glory of God. I'm gonna, every time. It's just not going to happen. I'm not going to get where the Lord wants me to do. Now, look what happens next. Least any root of bitterness springs up. So guess what happens? I begin to walk in unforgiveness, and because I keep walking in unforgiveness, this root of bitterness begins to take hold. Now think about this, what a root does over time. If a root is not dealt with, it begins to get deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper, and it gets stronger. And, and I think back even as a kid, my dad would tell me and my brother, now, you guys got to go out back and you got to cut down those weeds. Better yet, just pull them up. And so we didn't do it immediately. And we come back the next week to pull those dudes up and now they look like a tree trunk. It takes everything you got to get them out. The reason I'm saying that is this. Because many times when we haven't dealt with unforgiveness, that root of bitterness had gone and gone and gone. And with some of you, it's really deep. It won't be impossible to pull up, but you're going to have to make a conscious effort. You're going to have to go at it and say, Lord, you got to help me. you got to help me to pull this root of bitterness. Why? Look what it says here. Least this root of bitterness spring up and it causes trouble. It causes trouble. You know what the Amplified says? It's going to cause bitter torment. You know what that tells me? Not one of us in this room are exempt from this, guys. And ultimately, look what it leads to. And by this, many become defiled. The Amplified says they become contaminated. The message says that it ultimately will ruin the whole garden. So what happens over a period of time, it, it'll start out as an offense, then it goes to unforgiveness. From unforgiveness, it jumps to bitterness. From bitterness, it means it will ultimately defile me. It will contaminate me. Every one of us. And if you'll notice what he said right there, he said many, many will become defiled. Now, you know what he's talking to? He's talking to us as believers. We really, really, really need to heed this, guys, because this is something that's become an epidemic in our lives. I can't let this happen because ultimately, it's going to contaminate you if you keep letting it go on. What do you mean by contaminate? I'm going to tell you, people that walk in uh, habitual unforgiveness, they become where they isolate themselves. They're mad at the world. They're mad at everybody. And so you begin to ultimately see what happens here. It will ultimately ruin the whole garden. Now, when we talk about going to a school of freedom, listen, guys, the only way you're going to get free from this is to deal with it. And when I think about school, school's not always fun. When you go to school, you know, you get out of it what you put in. You got to put some effort in. You got to work. You got to have some diligence. This is what, to be a graduate of the School of Freedom, I got to deal with some things. I can't quit. I got to quit ignoring them. I got to begin to say, okay, do I have a root of bitterness in me? One the way you can tell is, how's your prayer life? 
What's happening in your life? It's good to judge your heart every day. So what do we do, Pastor? The first thing i got to do is i got to repent to God. Sin, uh, uh, repent, uh, forgiveness, guys, is just not a problem. Unforgiveness is a sin in God's eyes. This is why he says to deal with So what do I do? I come before Father God. And I repent. And I ask Him to forgive me. And then you know what I do? I say, Father God, you've got to help me. Grace me so I can walk this out. Number two is you've got to release them from the prison of your judgment. You've got to let them go. You've got to say, Father God, not only do I forgive them, I ask you to forgive them. Just like Jesus did here. Now, the Bible says this, that God is the avenger. Now, once again, when I release them, my heart must be that of compassion. You know what? I, I can't say the Brutus prayer. You know what the Brutus prayer is? Father God, whack them at the knees. See, what it's a lot of times we do is we forgive them, but then we want God. God, cut their head off. Get them. Get them. See, that's, that's not what he's talking about there. That we release them, but yet we allow God to do what he wants. It's not my job to judge, to, to tell them what the punishment's going to be. I just release them. Now, here's the kicker. The proof of the pudding is right here. It's the last one, and it's found in Luke 6, 27 and 28. And you know what it says? Bless those who curse you. Bless those who curse you. You know what the word bless means? Speech. To speak blessings over them. Now this is where the rubber hits the road, guys. When you start blessing ones that have cursed you or wronged you, and this is what you're going to have to do at times, you're probably going to have to get a hold of your little mouth and your chin and say, you're going to speak it. I've been there, guys, where people have wronged you and you're hurt, and you're thinking, I'm going to bless that rat? But he tells me, bless those who curse you. So you begin to bless them. How do I bless them? You say, oh, Father God, I pray that their day be filled with salvation. I pray that their day be filled with joy, with peace. Fill them with the Holy Ghost. Anoint them with your goodness and mercy. And then when you really, really want to bless them, you say, Father God, everything that I'm asking you to do for me, double it for them. I'm going to tell you right now, guys, when you start to do this, this will cause everything within you to revolt. Everything will say, I'm not going to do I'm not going to do I'm going to tell you guys, when you begin to release that out of your mouth and you begin to speak it, I'm going to tell you, something will begin to happen. When he uses the word bless, it means speak it out. Begin to speak those blessings. Out. And every time they come up in your mind, speak your blessings. Don't get back in and picking that unforgiveness back up. Don't allow that to come back in your heart. And when I begin to do this, guys... God begins to move. God begins to move. Have you walked that out, Pastor? I have. Are you a master in it? No. I still have to deal with this thing called my flesh. But that's why every day, every day I repent. I say, Father God, I release them. I forgive. I don't want to harbor any of that. And a lot of times in my life when it seems like the peace of God, God has left, 
Man, I begin to repent. I begin to get right. I begin to forgive. Man, I, I forgive those for killing those cats as a kid, Father God. I, forgive, I mean, just anything I can think of. Anything I've done. You know, and man, you just begin to get your heart right. Because you know what? I love the peace of God. i got to stay right. Now, I'm going to tell you a true story. Now, this happened to me. This was probably within the last 10 years. There was a lady coming to church here. And she got really, really, really sick. Really sick. To the point they put her in the hospital. And they diagnosed her with a tumor the size of a a volleyball in her stomach. So we talked to her and visited her and told her I was going to come up the next day and pray for her. So, man, I got up that morning and I began to pray. And I said, oh, Father God, I thank you for your anointing. I thank you for your healing power. I said, I thank you, Lord, you know, that you said we'll lay hands on the sick and they recover. So I'm on my way to the hospital, ready to pray. I get on the elevator, and it was like Jesus was sitting in there with me, and he says, just as clear as it can be, don't pray for her. And I thought, what? And I hear it again, don't pray for her. He said, I've dealt with her for years with unforgiveness. And he said, I want to heal her. But until she repents, I can't heal her. And so he said, don't you pray for her. I thought, oh boy. So I walk into the room and she said, hey, pastor, I'm so glad you're here to pray for me. And I thought, oh my gosh, what do I do? Do I obey God or do I just say a courtesy prayer and bluff my way through it? In the name of Jesus, laying empty hands on empty heads. Not you, Jim. So what would you do, pastor? I'm telling you, the Spirit of God rose up. And I just looked at her and said, I, you know what, I love you with all my heart, but I can't pray for you. And I said, you know why? And she said, why? And I said, you know. I said, God's dealt with you for years with all that unforgiveness in your heart. And you know what she said? She rose up in her bed and she pointed her finger at me and she said, and I'll never forgive him. I mean, it just started gushing out of her. And I just looked at her and I said, I'm going to tell you, until you do, this is what's going to happen to your life. And I'm going to tell you, guys, she's gone through repeated sickness. sickness. I mean, stuff that would break your heart. To, to be honest with you, I'm shocked she's still alive. But you know what? Her husband's dead. He's gone. He's not to be on this earth again. And I sat there and thought, here she can repent in her heart and get right, but yet she won't do it. And ultimately, I believe because of her, her un, unforgiveness toward him, and it was her husband, and they were married. What a wonderful marriage, huh? But it's the reality of this, guys. Now, I don't say this stuff to put you in bondage. I say this is the school of freedom. When I have the choice to walk in forgiveness and understand I hold some of the control of the the dam of God open and and the blessings come upon me. And see, I believe that's with some of our lives today. Because we've held it back. There's a dam. And God said, listen guys, I want to open the spillway. I want to bless you, but you know what? You've tied my hands. Stand up here with me. Stand up. Now, you know what is... I don't want to say unique about this, but it is. Every one of us in this room have dealt with unforgiveness. Every one of us. 
There's not one of us in here that hadn't dealt with that. The only difference is some have, have repented and forgiven and others haven't. And so it becomes a choice. Do I want to keep going through life this way? Do I want to keep blocking the things of God? See, sometimes the school of freedom isn't fun. But oh man, when I begin to yield to these things and say, okay, you know what? I know what's happened. When people begin responding, God starts moving. He starts moving. And so with every head bowed right now, Father God, we love you. We honor you today. Lord, you know my heart isn't to dig up people's past. But I know, Father God, until we deal with our past, you can't move us forward. And maybe you're here today. And you had someone that wronged you, that hurt you. And maybe you made the vow, I'll never, never forgive them. Or maybe it's somebody you work with. But you know what? I believe God's wanting us to re reveal this today. And I, I believe He's wanting us to yield to Him today. And I believe He's wanting us uh, to, to call upon Him. Now listen, if that's you today, I'm not going to throw no stones because I walk through this every day in my own life. But if that's you today and you say, yep, I've been bound by this. I'm going to tell you, today's a day of freedom. Today's a day, great day. And listen, only you can choose this. And so you know what? If that's you, be a man, be a woman and say, okay, I'm going to go forward. I'm going to respond to God. Now here's the second thing. I believe there's some of you that have done things in your life that have caused you where you won't even forgive yourself. You think, man, I, I caused so much pain to my parents. I caused so much pain to my wife. I, I can't... Listen, guys, that can be us, where we won't even forgive ourselves. And so God wants to heal us. He wants to set us free. And so if that's you today, I welcome you down here. It's a good thing, guys. It's a good thing. If your prayers will seem to be hollow, if you seem like you're dry spiritually, or if you know, I've held on to this.